Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events, we conduct interviews, and good old-fashioned shit-talking. Our hosts, Bill, Anthony, and Delvin, will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown. On today's episode, we talk to Ray Walker, the founder of St. Cloud Bourbon, about his transition from the wine industry, where he was the first African-American to make burgundies in Europe, and write a New York Times bestseller, The Road to Burgundy. So sit back, pour a dram. Let's get it. All right. So welcome to the Black and Brown podcast. This is season three, episode three. And I am your man, The Plug. As always, I'm joined by my guys, William Stevens. What's going on, cousin? What's up, fam? And my man, Delvin Joyce. What's up, fam? What's the deal, fam? What's going on? You know how it is. (laughs) We're back for another week. And tonight we have with us uh, Ray Walker, the founder of St. Cloud Bourbon. Ray, welcome to the show. Hey, what it is. What's going on, dude? Good to see you, brother. Give the people a little bit about yourself, man, uh, before we get into the interview. Uh, Well, shoot. I'm from Oakland, California. Oakland? uh, Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, so from there, uh, my background was in real estate and uh, in finance. I left that to go to be able to to make wine. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my first dream was to become a, an author, but I figured that that wasn't going to happen. So <clears throat> I just like, let me just focus on something else that'll have that kind of longevity. Right. And, you know, what excited me was wine and especially European wine. Yeah. And, you know, to be more exact, French wine. And, you know, I just went out there, made wine and, uh, you know, I had just, you know, about a month experience uh, learning to wash barrels and tanks in, uh, in California, took that over to, to France and, you know, I just use intuition and a little bit of fear, a little bit of intelligence, <laughs> yeah. a whole hell of a lot of luck and, uh, and did really well out there, you know? And, uh, so I did well out there until, you know, I was like, had the, had the business, you know, fell under a, a failed, uh, corporate takeover from the yep. investor. And came out to, you know, back out to Oakland, broke. I was actually supposed to be on um, Bachelor and uh, Famously Single. Wait, um, hold on, hold on. What? Oh, wait, 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 what? Wait, wait. You, <laughs> you were supposed to be on no. The Bachelor? Wait, wait. Yeah. Were you going to be The Bachelor or you were going to be a contestant on The Bachelor? I was going to be one of the, I was going to be the guy. Oh, shit. The guy. Yes. So, now, how did um, that come about, I, brother? Yo, hey, oh, wait, wait. Did he just low key stunt? He stunted. He low key He's going like, like, to be the bachelor. <laughs> what? Hey, and we've, been trying to, and, and we've been trying to find info on this guy forever, but we just got breaking news right yo, here on the right podcast. Yo, this dude is Wayne, man. That dude is undercover. We can't find nothing on this brother. Yo, somebody break up now. We got to circle back right, to them so quick. I, I was on Bumble. And um, my my agent was down in um, down in L.A. Uh, at CAA, and so we were looking at you know making a film out of my first book, the, um, the Road to Burgundy. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had um, uh, was it uh, James James Lasser, you know the the dude that owns um, under was it Underbrook Underbrook with um, with uh, Will Smith and Jada Smith uh, and. Basically, I was down there, you know, trying to pitch to him, you know, this this show that we we're trying to do as well as the the book. Yeah. And, you know, while I was down there, I had like my little Bumble app, 
right? Because I was dating and all that stuff. <laughs> hey, hang on. Let me tell these guys. Let me let me tell these guys. That's that's something single guys do. It's called Bumble. Yeah. yeah. How do you know about I'm it? Well, I'm well aware. I, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm well aware. Like I know what it is. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, tell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the one of the people on there hit me up right after an interview, uh, right after a meeting with my agent, and uh, was like, hey. I know you're on um, Bumble, you're single. Um, would you want to come in and do a test, you know, for a show? And I was like, yeah, no problem. So I came down there and they liked, you know, everything I was saying. And this was for The Bachelor. And I didn't even know. And uh, they're all like, also, if that doesn't work out, we can get you for uh, famously single. And I was like, I, I had been in France and I, I had no idea what famously single was. But I was like, yeah, I'm down, whatever. I just want to get in front of the camera. Right. And, um, yeah, like went through all these tests and, and all this stuff and, you know, was slated to be in it. But then when I went back to um, to Oakland, you know, still on Bumble, and um, <laughs> I was telling my buddy how I wanted to find, you know, a mixed girl so she could, you know, have my kind of experiences and right. same background and all those kinds of things. And uh, she just popped up on Bumble and, you know, we met up that day and I just told her, I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be on these two shows is that going to be like a deal breaker? She was like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work out for me, player. Yeah. That's so, not going to so fit I, in my agenda. So I gave that up, but I still started doing some stuff with film. Um, and so I had a really small role in like us, you know, like with uh, Jordan Peele. Like I was a yeah. officer. Oh, okay. The, when they go into Santa Cruz, like, and they, they like, they're like, oh my God, what's going on with this dude being loaded up in an ambulance? And then the police officer was like, Hey, stop y'all. Like, yeah. That was, and that was you. That was you. Yo, I remember that. That's Yo, funny. Yes, yes. I well, memorized your line too, by the way. Hey, stop y'all. Nothing, I, re- right? I memorized it. <laughs> My line was like, stop. So let me, let me yeah. ask you a question. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me rewind it back a little bit. Because, man, I mean, you studied heavy. First from, from The Bachelor to, to the single show, the, the Will and Jada. I mean, you rubbing yeah. shoulders with I people who got, got shoulders in the clouds. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when I went down to LA, it was hilarious because um, I, I was going to be meet. Oh, Overbrook, yeah. So I was supposed to be meeting up with them, and it's funny. Like down there, everybody you know has nicknames for people, so they're like, "Yeah, JL wants to meet you," and I'm like, "Word, who's who's JL?" And um, they're like, "James Lasser." I'm like, "Okay, word." And so we had, um, we hung out. I actually thought it was going to be like a whole bunch of people at Overbrook because we went. In, I went into this um, office. And they could have sat like 30 people at this table. And so I'm like, man, like, ugh, I really don't get nervous, but I don't know how many people are going to be in this room. <laughs> and so James came in and he was like the, um, you know, he was Will Smith's manager when they were younger. Oh, you wow. know, he was Will's first manager. And so he came in, and he, you know, I tried to give him a handshake. And he's giving me this big old hug. And, you know, he's like, you want to, you want to go in, uh, you want to stand here? Or you like want to go in me, me or Will's office? I'm like, Let's go to one of those offices. Let's go to, go to, let's go to Will's yeah. office. Right. <laughs> right. And it was it was just it was just the flyest thing ever. And um and so he was like, What are you doing after this? I was like, uh like nothing. I was like, honestly, man, like I I'm down here with nothing to do at all. Man. And so he was like, All right, we'll go to a couple of places tonight. And so um he had taken wow. me to some speak easy and um everybody kept on like looking at me crazy. And uh, he was just like, you know, are they looking at you like that? Right. And I was like, no, he's like, the last time I was here, I was here with uh, Will and Jada. And I was like, oh, so they wonder like, who yeah, you are. You heard yeah, who you so were. Like, yeah, because I'm like six, five, you know, 
two thirty. You know, I'm I'm a big ass dude. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah, like, yeah. Dude, I know. Obviously, we get all the time. Yeah, and I'm thinking <laughs> I'm doing you know some some TV stuff, right? And um, it was funny. He was like, like, you like cigars? I'm like, inside, I'm like, hell no, I don't smoke cigars. <laughs> Outside, I was like, absolutely. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> one. <laughs> we go to the cigar lounge, and um, we're like. Uh, he's just like, yeah. So, what do you? What's your favorite cigars? I'm like, man, honestly, I don't even, I don't even know. And so he asked for a couple of uh, like rare cigars out of his locker. And um, the wait, he had his, he had his own locker. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! All, all those folks do. I mean, that's yeah. A lot of people under under what a James Laster would be would have a locker there. You know what I mean? Wow. But it was hilarious because we were there and he was, uh, everything was just so cool. And uh, the the woman came over and she was just like, I have to tell you, uh, Rihanna, Rihanna, she took, you know, the last two of those cigars from your locker. And I'm like, damn, I'm in a, I'm rubbing shoulders with somebody that's getting their stuff taken by Rihanna. Rihanna. For real. Wow. <laughs> and he's just like, man, why does she always do that? I'm like, that's what crazy. World. That's crazy. So, my, I mean, my question doesn't even have weight now. I was going to ask, like, when he went to France, if he spoke French, but well, who cares now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, know you know what I mean, I, I do have a very important question, though, since you're a Bay Area cat, like, yeah. best rapper out of Oakland. Ooh. Best rapper out of Oakland. Ooh, too short. Yes. Oh, the I mean, yes. Too short. I mean, of course. Hey man, you he asked his opinion. That's it. That is an easy answer. He told me how to speak. Yeah. How to live life. What about my guy though, Dell? Dell the funky homo sapien, man. Like, I mean, Dell was underrated. Do you see him shaking his head right there? I'm on that Todd Scott. Too short. Yeah. No, too short is the man. Too short. Too short. Too short transcendent Oakland. That's my favorite word. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Um, so, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say that again. France. Yes, France. I did. I had yeah. to teach myself French. Okay. So you went over there, not understanding the language or whatever, and At then all. had to acclimate. We're gonna I mean, get I, there. I, I, yeah. I had assumed I was gonna find a way out there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I started teaching myself French. Okay. I was looking at. Um, I was looking at French TV, looking at French uh, radio. You know, listening to French radio, watching mm-hmm. old um, films, you know, from like Jean-Luc uh, Godard and uh, like watching TV Saint-Monde, all this kind of stuff. You know, anything French, I could be doing anything. If I heard anybody speaking French, you know, it could be in public. I just like walk over and just like listen to what they're saying yeah. so I could just get acclimated to um, to the to the cadence and just the the feel of the language and the mannerisms that people used you know and i just i knew that language was so much more than than the sound right it's like it's how your body moved it was how close you were with other people it's how you looked at them and you know i feel like if i had something that was going to be um you know, if I was going to be short on that, as far as my language skills, at least they could pick it up with my body language that I was putting out right. and they could understand yeah, yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. But the other side of that is that I knew that, you know, people are people, right? So uh, we're all humans. And so what makes it to where, you know, um, in other parts of the world, they can make a sound that we're, that we're not comfortable with, that we don't normally use in our language. Um, you know, our, 
our vocal cords, uh, the rest of our body, our diaphragm, it's an instrument, right? So if you mirror the way that the, the shape of that instrument is going in, that you'd be closer to mirroring those sounds as well. So right. I would look at how people breathe, you know, um, if it sounded like they were using a lot of breath, if they weren't, and I would try to mirror those sounds and it, you know, ended up being really damn good, actually. All right, all right. So you started eating crepes instead of pancakes. I get it. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Pretty much. So I get what that was saying. I mean, you gave us an introduction. We got into some stuff that was really interesting for us. And we're gonna Very start. interesting. And we're going to have to touch on that a little bit yeah. later on. So, yeah. so when we have a guest on the show, we like to start it by asking three questions just to get to know them. But you gave us a little bit more sauce on the steak. Anyway, so <laughs> the first question we like to hit him with is like, uh, what was that one bourbon that made you fall in love with the brown? Uh, well, so here's the thing. For the first, I'd say five years, all I drank was Pappy Van Winkle. Damn, dude. Five years? The, yeah, wait, yeah. the first five? Yeah, yeah, I heard you were like, you got into that Pappy 20 right off the bat. Right. I mean, but so the thing was, I have a buddy, um, his name is Sean Reed, and now he's my, my tax uh, consultant. And um, we we're both heavy into wine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's just like, hey, have you ever, you know, had bourbon? I was like, nah. He's just like, okay, well. Welcome to the Mecca. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I, I, want, I want you to try something. We're at this bar. And um, pulled out this bottle with an old dude smoking a cigar. And I was like, <laughs> It's pretty dope. I like that the picture looked old. You know, I'm a I'm a history geek. Yeah. And um, so I tasted it, and what really got me was the um, the aromatic signature as well as the the finesse on yeah. on the finish. And I was just like, man, this is great. I mean, as a wine lover, uh, Pappy. I mean, any most weeded bourbons. Yeah. That, that's yeah. Like, that's your sweet spot, especially if you. Oh, like, that's my sweet spot for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just really nice, uh, really subtle aromatics, and uh, and I just loved it. And so, and what year was this? Let me know. What, what year is this? Twenty, I thought, right? In, I was like two thousand six. Wow. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. So, okay, before. So before, kind of bourbon went crazy. Before things got yeah, crazy, so, yeah. But here's the thing: it's all relative, right? So. I always tell my wife, I'm always telling her and she, she gets tired of hearing this shit, but, um, you know, like when I grew up, there was a whole bunch of, you know, grew up in the wine business, you know, like being around people, mm -hmm. um, you'd always get these old, old dudes like, ah, I could get uh kills to the Creek for, you know, whatever. I remember uh, diamond Creek and you're like, okay, old dude. <laughs> no, I mean, I really, I really respected that. So I, I just said that to make a joke, but you, you have these situations where you're like, damn, well, if I could have done that, I would have bought all this, this and that. Right. So yeah. my, my story now is that, you know, when I was buying Pappy, it was $60 a bottle for the, um, for the 15. Wow. And, oh, and that's and my was, number one that I'm hunting. It was like eighty five ninety for the uh, for the twenty, and then it was like 120, 125 for the twenty three year. Wow! And um, and I really didn't like the twenty three year that much or the twenty. Um, but it was funny because I would tell people like, "Oh, I love this Pappy Moon Wiggle," and they're like, "Oh man, it's like it's overpriced now." It's like you're paying over a hundred dollars a bottle, and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know I'm crazy, you know." And it's like yeah. you would look at it as like a. Um, like a New York Times follower at the yeah. If you're, yeah. If you're drinking Pappy's because 
because the word had already been out like long before it got up to a hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. So, I guess by I mean, true bourbon heads, it was out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It already, I mean, they already knew. So like I used to have people come over to my, um, to my winery and, you know, they act kind of stuck up or whatever. Cause they just, you know, saw me in like a Bloomberg or a business week, whatever. And they saw me and they're all about that Mr. Walker and all that shit. Right. And, <laughs> you know, um, wearing cravats and whatnot. And so once, once the tasting is over, we start to drink whiskey. I noticed that people let down their guards. Uh, they're right. a lot more themselves, you know, start saying a couple of dirty jokes and, um, you know, people start showing who they really are. Yes. And yeah. that, was my, that was my first glimpse into seeing that, um, wine can bring people together. Of course, there's a lot of gossiping ass people, um, that are, <laughs> that are in wine that are horrible people. Yeah. Um, but, but it I think, I think we heard that once before, yeah. <laughs> but, but when it comes to, um, when it when it comes to to whiskey, it's interesting, right? You speak with I would speak with people about wine, and they're like, "Oh, well, I'm not a I'm not a expert." And it's like, you don't have to be an expert. We can still talk about this. Yeah. But when it comes to whiskey, people are like, "I can tell you everything you want to know about whiskey." It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yo, we gonna start a podcast. <laughs> yo, that's how. That's basically how it went too. We went one trip, went to a few distilleries. We were like, yeah, can we talk about this? You know what I mean? Yeah, we can. Yeah. We can. Stupid. We give it a new, a, a, a new spin on this. Yeah. I yeah. wish people did that with wine, though. They're so uptight, you know, and there's there's so many things that you can study. And, you know, I'm one of, I'm one of those experts on the matter, right? On yeah. wine. Yeah. But it's like, when it, when it comes down to it, you know, you drink with some of these people that are experts and, you know, they just want to... Um, pick it apart and they don't right. want to enjoy it. They're just like, you know, I speak with other winemakers and they'd be like, Oh, well, how much acidity is in this? Or did you do this? Did you do that? And I'm just like, can right. first, brother, can you first just, just enjoy it? Just enjoy it. Yes. And it's, yeah. and it's crazy because it's yeah. like, like, of course there's an intellectual aspect to it. And I, I enjoy that great science, yep. but we have to be able to enjoy it. This is right. like food product and we're not drinking this right. for our health it is right. enjoyment but so many right. people get tied up in the in the pomp and the prestige and the mind's bigger and look how far i can piss you know what i mean it's <laughs> like it's like it's not that far you're not reaching yeah. that far brother you know, I'm gonna I'm correct you though we are drinking this for our health it's been proven that bourbon kills covid so is it um, is that proven yeah oh yeah no it's a it's a fact Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, right. as long as disclaimer, as long as it's at least 120 proof, mm. so oh, it, Lord, yeah. 60 percent right alcohol. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Put that on my label, then you can just splash in your eyes. Work. Work. <laughs> so, so Ray, for the for the follow up question, um, when, I don't even. We're not even going to get to the third question because I think I already know your answer. But for the second question, and I don't even know why we're asking this one because he's had Pappy, but. No, we like to ask people if they're hunting for a special particular bottle of bourbon. I mean, you got the access to your bourbon that mm -hmm. you've created that we're going to talk about here shortly. But is there one bourbon that's not yours that you're looking for? Hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I mean, that's honest. That's real honest. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm very, very particular. Yeah. And my, um, the, the detail, uh, the detail that I have in my preferences, mm-hmm. uh, are, are pretty much the, the most valuable aspect of St. Cloud, you know, and, you know, if you look at the bourbons that I have behind me and, you know, if you ask me some of the stuff that I've drank, yes, it's very, uh, cool stuff. Right. But, you know, to be honest with you, it's not a lot of the stuff out there doesn't excite me from a brand perspective or from a mash bill perspective or from an innovation perspective. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough for me to get excited when it's like another cowboy brand or another old dude on, you know, or another, Oh, we're not going to show any women unless they got their breasts out brand. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, the same stuff over and over that really yeah. doesn't appeal to me that I don't really identify with. Right. So, I mean, as a, as a former winemaker, the things that excite me now are doing things that I can't find on the market. Like we're doing a sour mash, uh, weeded mash bill going into French Oak. And it's mm. like, mm. if I could find that with somebody else, I'd be their biggest fan, you know, and they would know about it and everybody would know about it. Right. The thing is, you don't have people doing these things going way out besides maybe Wilderness Trail. They're mm-hmm. doing some yeah. like way out stuff. Uh, but everybody else is kind of playing follow the leader. And then when it comes to the packaging, it's just like, you know, it's, it's tough to it's tough to speak about this, you know, and not, not sound a certain way. But frankly, um, no man, spill that tea. Yeah, go ahead, give it up. Yeah, because yeah, because I wanna I wanna get into that actually. So go, go ahead and open up that can. <laughs> so the thing is that you know product design is interesting, and you know it's. I remember when I first released um, this was this was uh, early 2019, and people are just like, "Oh, congratulations on the beautiful bottle," but you know the bourbon shit, and I'm like, well, "I'll take that congratulations because." <laughs> I can, I can put something else in that bottle, you know, I can get better and better bourbon and all those other things. But when you have a, um, a design achievement, it's, uh, it's special because the aesthetics are important. I mean, we, we live in America. It gets me, it gets me a lot of the times. (laughs) Right. Aesthetics aesthetics are important and how something looks, um, you know, really informs how you're going to, um, you know, work or use or interface with that product, it informs you on what the quality is. It informs you on the level of detail that's there and what the target market is. I mean, it's, it's, it's terribly important. And for us to do something that, that strikes an emotion mm-hmm. with people that's evocative, um, that, is, that is quite valuable, you know, for sure. And it's just like, people don't understand that, you know, some people don't, you know, I'm a car guy, right? So I look at like, um, this, the scenario of, uh, people looking at, uh, oh, well, the aesthetics you you're making it too important. It's like, well, why do you think the 356 Porsche sold so much better than the Volkswagen Beetle? Right. You know, I mean, as far as like two enthusiasts, people that were excited and yeah, it's not a volume, you know, Volkswagen was a volume play. Right. Mm -hmm. But Porsche is for the enthusiast. 
right? So you have the same underpinnings, you know, underneath. You have the same engine. You have the same maybe mash bill that somebody else might have. But you have a different tweak on it. And those aesthetics really inform about the identity of the product that you're going to be encountering. And it's like that level of a little bit more uh, raciness, that a little bit more aggressiveness, that a little bit more being dynamic. That's what made Porsche and how it separated itself from Volkswagen in the same way that I'm separating myself from these guys that just want to be wearing cowboy hats all the time. Yeah, right. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no. Because the formula works. Yeah. No, if, you're, sure. if you're doing something different, the aesthetics, the optics of a product really do make a big difference. Yeah, true. Because I like, I mean, your bottle design, you know, we talked about this before when we first saw it. And then again tonight, just seeing the Skittle package right there, people can't see it, but the, the different <laughs> color, no, seriously, the different color packages. And um, I'm going to grab a screen grab later after this, you know, when you flex yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of partial that, to that black and gold bottle, just, just so you know. I like that. I like that purple one. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the color of royalty. But anyway, so what I'm saying is your bottle, your bottle fits into like what I would say would be the top five bottles on the market right now. You feel me? Yeah. No question. Yeah, no, no question. question. Yeah. I mean, because you have statement bottles like Hill Rock's bottle that looks like a book on a shelf. And that one, you know, along with like the Wilderness Trail. Blue Run. Blue Run is fine. Yeah, yeah, Blue Run. Yeah. yeah well, Blue it's kind of, yeah, kind of a standard round bottle. But I'm saying that bottle right there evokes like a, a little sexiness if nobody's it's seen elegant. it. You know what I'm saying it's very, very elegant. And very like, elegant. You know, I don't want to say. I, you know, I don't want it to sound sexist, but it's got that feminine shape to it, like the curves and everything. You feel me? So it's going to grab your attention. I don't know if bro, that's what bro, you were bro, going bro, for, bro, but bro. Hey, okay, the, 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 down? The, the, the pandemic is almost over, man. Get I know. I got to get out of the house. All right. So, so the last so, question, you, the last question. Oh, Bill, you want to ask? No, 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 no. You go ahead, bro. No, go ahead, because I'm going to ask the last question. Then we're going to move forward. No, no, no. I was going to ask him about, you know, about the bottle. I mean, you know, you know, how did he come up? with that whole design was that something that he did by himself or was that something that he kind of brought some folks in a marketing team or, or or was that something that you did by yourself yeah so i was driving uber uh, when i got back to america and uh, i hooked up with stranger and stranger for the design and yeah when i went to them i had maybe two or three bottle designs yeah that, that i liked and right. I, I told them what kind of prices I was going to be paying on that. They're like, oh, we can we can find another, you know, alternative for that. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And um, and they're just like, so what do you see as far as the the brand? You know, right. what what do you want the bottle to uh, to present? And I said, well, I'd like it to be uh, minimalist. I'd like it to um, have uh, a large um, foundation on Art Deco. I'd like it to be um, black and gold or black and copper. Mm, black and, and gold, you can never go wrong. Right. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to have this kind of um, traditional feel to it. Right. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, on the back bar or something that was minimalist, you know, that's going to look really bad. Um, black is going to look really bad on the back bar. Um, Art Deco kind of uh, screams 1920s to early thirties. And that that's the time where there's like prohibition and people right. usually just think of say like gin. So, you know, mm -hmm. that, that that's not really going to fall too well. And I was just like, all right, well, you guys are the professionals. I mean, I'm, I'm coming to you guys because you guys are, you know, some of the best in the world. So 
whatever you want, you know, I'm hands off, whatever. And so they came back doing exactly what I wanted, but then they, they had tied this design to um, this package to um, one of the bottles that I had suggested. And I, I had been excited thinking that they were going to have another option. So I go out and I start looking around at different bottles and, um, you know, I, I see this bottle that, that I have today and they're just like, no, 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 with your background, with French and all those other things, uh, it should be something that looks more like a cognac bottle, like, like what you presented. Hmm. And, uh, I was just like, well, I'm ready to pull the plug if I can't, if I can't get this, you know? And so we battled right. like a month cause they were giving me a, a huge discount cause I was broke and, uh, they liked my story. And um, we fought for like a month and they, they finally yielded on that. And the other cool aspect to it is the, the main piece, the, the medallion, um, that artwork was given for free. It was donated uh, for free by one of the artists that works for Stranger and Stranger. Oh, wow. So I didn't have to pay for that. Got full release and, and everything like that on it. But um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, but I mean, it, so that was my batch one, and um, I actually did a lot of changes to what their design was. They originally had the um, the side label uh, was was going to flag off, you know, kind of like this. Oh, okay. Kind of flirtily. And um, whenever they showed me the, the mock-ups, I was thinking like, okay, well, that's going to be like wrapped, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be wrapped. And so once they, um, once we did finals, I noticed that it wasn't going to be wrapped. And so I didn't want to like insult anybody. So um, I let it go to print. And then once I got the labels, the day of bottling for batch one, I was cutting those little flags off by hand. <laughs> it was crazy. And, oh, wow. um, and so it was funny because I, afterwards I, um, I showed stranger the, the final, you know, finished bottle. And they're just like, yeah, we did really good on that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I was like, that's not our design. Like, so you didn't even tell them that they had done something. You just no, had to but correct one of the people like immediately was like, that's no, he that's not, that's not it. Yeah. tweet that. And yeah. there's like, they had red and blue and white and things like that. And I shifted it to monochromatic going mainly uh, copper foil, black, those kinds of things. And uh, they're just like, yeah, he changed the colors. He, he clipped it here. And uh, they still put it in their in their book to be like one of the huh. best designs that they did, and we ended up winning like the world of whiskeys uh, best design. And it was like dope, that's you know. Nice. So yeah, it's really that's, dope. Awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. So after that, I kind of have gone into the creative director um, role to to basically um, you know come up with the concepts on each one of these releases. It's been different, um, but I've wanted to just. Um, underline simplicity and have the bourbon speak for itself, have the shape of the bottle speak for itself. Sure. And have those foundational, um, you know, finesse and refinement and elegance yeah. and grace yeah. uh, to, to the brand and the packaging. And we've just shifted now to go full on uh, Art Deco. And I'm just like, cool. You know what I mean? It's, you know, right? I mean, right now I can do pretty much whatever the hell I want. And I mean, I got a stack of purchase orders and, you know, people are happy with what I'm doing on the art, on the art direction side of it. Mm. Right. Um, but it's, it's cool, man. I get my artistic expression on. So how nice. hard was the, um, the transition from, from the wine aspect that to bourbon for you? Was it simple or what were the differences you encountered? Oh man, it's like France was, 
you know, so I, I still don't have employees, you know, I just hired on my CFO and um, all that stuff. But um, in France, it was funny because I had all these ideas of things that I wanted to do. But in France, it's like, you know, because the, the infrastructure is so different, it's so clipped and segmented mm. that you can't say, this is what I need for my business. Let me grab that. Like, you, right. you can't do that, right? Yeah. Um, so there's all these ideas that I had and things that I knew that could make things easier for me, but I couldn't get it. And so um, there's all these rules and regulations on how you do things. And I was fighting against tradition. Again, yeah. history group, right? So I'm just like, I don't want to stick my neck out too much. Um, but with, with bourbon, it's interesting, you know, in, in America, you know, for, um, as a, as a businessman, there's all these opportunities that you can have, um, mind you financing and funding is not one of them because I'm still sitting here hundred percent funding, uh, funded, <laughs> so funded. And I am happy about that now. Yeah. Um, but you know, when it comes to, when it comes to being able to approach, um, a situation where you're not approaching it with just homage for the subject and you're approaching it as something that you respect, but something that you want to disrupt. Right. Then you have a blank slate. And that's what I was able to do with, um, with this because I didn't have people in my corner. I didn't have people behind me saying, well, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Or maybe it should be like this, or this is how we always do it. Right. I didn't have that this time. I just was able to have a blank slate and say, this would be dope if I did that. Oh no, I hate that. I'm not going to do that. Oh yeah. I gotta have this. And it goes from my brain to somebody's hand on Instagram. You know what I mean? And that's just, Super dope how I'm able to to be able to have that, that, um, you know, that ability, you know, I I love it. Nice. Nice. Very nice. So, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, we heard that you had some, I guess, connections, your roots, your background, your, your family history was, um, kind of, you know, a link to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So have you traced your roots back to see like it been a, your, you know, your, um, ancestors had any kind of you know dealings with any um, distilleries in Kentucky? No. So, um, so the thing is, so I'm mixed. My my father's uh, white, generically right, British and Irish. Okay. And my mom's African American, and so by nature of my father being a man and also being white, right. it's a lot easier to trace back that history. Right. As well as the other aspect that makes it a whole lot easier is because we've kept the same name since my family was back in Ireland. Right. Mm. Um, so if you, for example, if if one of in that lineage, um, there would have been a female that mm. married and then she took the name of somebody else, then it would have made it a whole lot more complicated. Right. Or impossible to trace. And uh, the other thing is they didn't, they didn't let women officially hold. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so I was fortunate with that. But yeah, I was able to, to find out, like going back to the start of the 19th century, um, the, um, my family being in Marion, Kentucky, which is a um, Crittenden County. So Marion, yeah, Marion is the city. 
And yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's a dry county. It's dry county. Yeah, I mean, wow. you said that you you would if you would have had your 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 headquarters there if if it wasn't like a dry county, right? Yeah, that would have been a that would have been a hell of a story to do that. Right. You know, uh, yeah, it would have been <laughs> for, for many reasons. Uh, right. It would have been interesting, but yeah. So, um, I mean, going back that far is just like you know, there's my family was like farmers, right? And so it's 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 complicated to know what they did and what they didn't do. Besides, like you know, my family was in military, so there are there's substantial record uh, keeping with that, um, but. Uh, a lot of the farmers back then, they were distilling their stuff just to be able to, you know, um, be able to, I guess, make more money on mm-hmm. their corn, mm-hmm. on their grain. And, right. You know, had excess corn and they didn't know what to do with. Yeah. yeah if, you, if you had a surplus, right. then you were distilling, you know, commonly yeah. as, a, exactly. as a farmer. Uh, so I can't say other than, yeah, my family back then, you know, were farmers and that's what farmers did. So. Mm. I don't know. So did you know that? I mean, you know, going into it or, or is that something that you found out later on? No. So I, um, you know, as a, as a child, I was told by my father, you know, like being really proud of uh, Kentucky. Right. Um, and, you know, my father was the first generation, not from Kentucky going back, say four or five generations. And, um, you know, just like been hearing like little bits and pieces like, oh, you know, your great great grandfather was in the Civil War, you know, things like that. But, you know, it's like, OK, well, what does that do? And so, yeah, tracing mm-hmm. that stuff back, you see that, yeah, he was in the uh, Civil War, but also two of his brothers were. And then also his father was in the War of 1812, as well as other wars. And so I had to research all that stuff, you know, wow. and uh, the initial name for the um for the uh, for the distillery was going to be like I forget the it was like company company forty six or you know whatever it was you know that the company that he was in because mm. um, he was part of the um, the um, the armed uh, and horseback uh, uh, regiment at that time and uh-huh. it was, is interesting with the Civil War because they were trying to uh, Kentucky was not initially having an official. Uh, stand on which way they were going to be trying to go. And so there was like a volunteer militia that got together and he was part of that. And mm. so they went there, they brought their own rifles, brought their own horses. And I'm like, dang, he's a badass to do that. You know, <laughs> so like, I would have stayed home watching Netflix. But, um, but it's like that, that just shows like the kind of character that people had. And thank God he did that while trying to, you know, fight for the union instead of being a Confederate because uh, one of the brothers was a union in the union and one of them was in the Confederacy. Oh, wow. Um, and so it's just like, I mean, crazy times. I mean, yeah, it's, it's awesome. interesting. I always tell people like, you know, being mixed, a lot of us, you know, that are, that are of color, we're, we're mixed, you know, yes. um, to different degrees. Um, but it is a unique experience when, um, up until this point, up until my generation, my family has been divided. It's been all white people and then all black people. Right. Mm. So I'm the first generation in my family that's been like a coming together 
of these two. So it's just like, it's, there's a lot of complications that, that come with that for sure. Sure. It's definitely different. Yeah. 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 Um, so when you, when you refer back to the company 46, and I think you said that was going to be your distillery or brand name. So how did you yeah. come up with, with the St. Cloud name and that oh, brand? And, right. then also, yeah. and also following that, so you can answer both these together. What made you decide to go with the aging in the French cask? If you could, you know, speak to that. Yeah. Um, so when I wanted to do a lot of uh, the French, you know, I came back from France and I was like still speaking French. And, yeah. You know, um, and I, I just had that about me, you know. Right. And yeah. I wanted to I wanted to have some of that in my brand. And um, Stranger and Stranger wanted it to be heavily um, on me instead of any French stuff or any of the background with with my family being in, um, being from Kentucky and, you know, I just, I felt like I was trying to, trying to blend, you know, those things, you know, trying to listen to their advice. Mm -hmm. But then was like, you know, when people are like, you know, dogging me out on the internet and all that stuff, I'm like, I don't want to go too heavy on my brand. You know, I was like, I want to lean back on some of my history too. Right. And, um, that's why I was looking at, you know, doing the company, um, the company name at first and you know when when i was like not really that catchy um i started looking at doing um l'american which is french for the american mm-hmm. and so i found out for me l'american is like it sounds very much into my ear it sounds very similar to american right just, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the beginning so i was like as an American, you should be able to say American. So you put an L on it. Shouldn't be that hard. But so <laughs> many people had a tough time saying, be like, yeah, especially in Kentucky or something, right? South or South Carolina, man. Yeah. We even have a tough time saying that. It was just really, and I'm just like, oh, man. So, you know, I had all these thoughts in my head like, man, how am I going to like rely on word of mouth if people can't, you know, explain or share? you know, to someone else that they like this bourbon, they don't know how to say it. it's some French right. thing or they're in a bar and they're trying to yell it to a bartender and the bartender was like, I don't know what you're saying. Right. You know, so I was like, I need to find another name. And um the stranger and stranger was like, Yeah, we can help you out with a name. Uh name uh creation starts at fifty thousand dollars. What? Like, Let me just think myself about it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, come on, man. At that time, that was about fifty thousand. Was about fifty three thousand dollars more than I had. Let me let me take a step back. So you know, um, you know, I went down to Mexico, and uh, my wife took me to um, this place, Saint Regis. And I was just like, man, you put Saint on anything, it just sounds right. Long. Yeah. It has this this feel to it, this foundational strength. And, you know, I was just like, I like that, you know, and um, I just like that feel. And so I was just like, I like that name. And I was just like, I want something like, like not too masculine. I want something that's kind of feminine and, you know, that can dynamic and fluid and yeah. you know, really pretty, you know, but something that's like kind of shape shifting, something like a, like a cloud, something like that shifting thing. It's a cloud. And I was like, St. Cloud actually sounds pretty dope. It fits the bottle too, right? Yeah. It's the bottle. Dang, man. Yeah, yeah. So it just came I love this creative stuff that you came, you know, like you were doing, man. You know, that whole, yeah. you know, just creating stuff, man. That's awesome. 
Well, hey, man, I, I tell people, man, being broke is one of the best motivators. You know? <laughs> 100% facts. All right, all right. Real, yeah, man. we say that all the time, man. It's hard to raise dogs in our crown molding and air condition. <laughs> and unlimited <laughs> snacks. And unlimited snacks. Yeah, so just for me, it's like I wanted, um, I like the aspect of, of cloud because that shows that we're trying to be dynamic. Um and it shows that we're we're not this um, this thing that just is is always there, always one way. It's like it shows that we can you know be shape shifting. We can have crazy colored bottles. We can have you know change our labels all the time and all this other stuff. We can put a dude on top of it, on top of our bottle, and you know all this kind of crazy stuff. And it just fits the brand, right? You know, and I just yeah, man, yeah. So, so speaking of shape shifting, so you came from wine into bourbon, right? And those are two totally different industries. So, what are some of the challenges that you found in bourbon and American whiskey that maybe were not necessarily present in the wine industry? I haven't had any issues in the. Um, the <laughs> I have not. Smooth selling. Nothing at all. I have not. I mean, raising raising capital would have been great, but. You know, yeah. I mean, my, my idea, you know, like I said before, I had a, I had a multi-billionaire investor, um, you know, invest in my, my one year business and he, he screwed me over something crazy. And, um, there's a lot of fallout because of that. And so don't drop no names. Know, don't drop no names. We won't have a good lawyer. We don't have a lawyer. I'm not going <laughs> to. <yeah. laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Go ahead. So, no, he's so not. Was, I wanted it's not to be exclusionary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I got said, because you know, we're, we're people, right? We're, we're family, you know, we're, we're family no question, right? We're family. And, um, but you know, my thing was being in, being in France, like being, being mixed, being lighter. I always had people thinking I was like Moroccan or, uh, you know what I mean? If I'm, yeah. if I'm with the Latinos, they think I'm, you know, Puerto Rican, you know, cause I speak Spanish. Right. I was like, depending on where I'm at, but, like, they thought you were Tony Parker over there. Right. Right. But, be, but because of um, because of my experience being an American in in France and kind of sidestepping the racism, you know, because I was successful, because I was um, American and not, um, you know, Moroccan or, you know, from from somewhere else that was, you know, north of the Sahara. Mm-hmm. Um, I sidestepped a lot of that racism, but you go to Paris and it's like all the, all the people that look like people that I grew up with, they're like distance, you know, because they're just like, you know, you're not African, you're not from the Congo, you know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. right, right. You know what I mean, so, so it's this thing, like for me, I was excited to, to be able to get back to America and experience people that had a lot of the same experience that, that I could have had. And I assumed that people that have the same kind of upbringing as as I did would would be people that I got around, got along with better. And I felt like the next endeavor that I was going to do, I was going to make, you know, a lot of money. So I wanted to, you know, bring in my people. And mm-hmm. man, I could not get no support for anything, anything like you didn't uh, call black and brown, bro. I know. Well, I mean, like, Black Women Society wasn't messing with me, you know, because I was uh, yeah. the nearest. 
You know, I wasn't. I wasn't them. You're like the new kid on the block, right? I didn't get any love. And, um, you know, it's just, it's interesting, you know, that I had to do all this stuff myself and, you know, it worked out really well. But when I, when I was first starting, man, I was like, Hey, you know, trying to get some stuff together, trying to raise 10 K, you know, who's got 500, who's got a thousand, you know, let's get this, let's put the, let's put this business up, you know, evenly. And I didn't have any takers at $500. Wow. And so wow. fast forward like 18 months and we cracked a million in revenue and it's like Ooh. self-funded, you know? And it's yeah. like, Oh man, that's, that's awesome, dude. You know, but it's like, you try to share these things and you know, that, that was my experience, you know? And I think that was the only difficult part, just trying to raise capital uh, because it's tough when you're broke, right? And you yeah. start a luxury brand. I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to go crowd crowdfunding because it's like we're trying to do some luxury stuff. Can you help me out? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Same, right. same kind yeah. of feel to it. So I had to put it on my own shoulders. I didn't want to go out there with um, with my hat in my hand. I had a certain had to have a certain level of dignity. And I decided that I'll go as high end as I can. And if that means that I'll produce fifty bottles, that's what I'll have. If I can right. if I can stretch to three thousand, then I'll do that. But, you know, the idea was to just do the very best that I could. Yeah, so so I'm I'm sorry. I I just want to say this real quick. Like, I'm just going to tell you, man, when I saw your bottle and I was like, I I remember reaching out to you. I was like, yo, that bottle is dope, right? And I was surprised to see there was a brother behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you right now, man, you alluded to it earlier. You know, you got haters or whatever and mm-hmm. people hating on you on the Internet or whatever. Yo, we caping for you on black and brown, bro. We rooting for you. Bro. So yeah. We got your back. You know, yeah. it's funny because like like leading up to the interview, you know, as we always do, when we interview people, we try to find some bio. We try to, you know, get on the Internet, whatever. And of Facts. course, you find all the articles with the negative pub, like he was saying and stuff. And we're always like, OK, you know what's the other side to the story, right? You got to flip the coin. You got to get the real, you know, we got to talk to you. We got to get to the source. Cause always going to be that kind of bullshit out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you're you're successful, right. There's, there's people talking about you cause you're a good story. Hundred percent facts. Exactly. I said that earlier. So in this case right now, you to Bruce Wayne, because we couldn't find no bio on you and it's good to talk to you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So we put a face (laughs) and a story with the Bruce Wayne. So, you know what I'm saying? It makes sense, man. You know, you're doing something different. You're doing something out of the norm. Like, like, you know, I saw the Bourdain story when he came over and talked to you and drank your burgundy. He was like, yo, this shit is dope. You know what I'm saying? So now, here we go now, the pony up to hate, whatever. Um, so here we are now, we're talking about your product. I want to taste the bourbon, you know, I want to yeah, you know, yeah. know where to get it. I Tell thought it. I was going to have a sample, you know, you know before we, we, we talked to you because right. Amanda from uh, Blind Drams was going to send me a sample. Yeah, of she did a nice review of it. Yeah. yeah, she did a nice review of your product, but I haven't gotten it yet. Had I ordered a shit. bottle. Yeah. I mean, I got a bottle on the way. It's just not here yet. I thought it would be here by now. Yeah. But <laughs> so where can people reserve bar? Where can the people out there get it if they're looking for it? Is there a way they can order it online or? Yeah, it's on uh, it's on reserve bar. OK. Um, dot com. But the cool thing about it is that. Um, what's the cool way to mention this? So we're going to be in all the states that we're not in right now. North we, Carolina. 
we will be in soon with Southern. Southern? Southern. Okay. All the states that we're not in. Nice. Okay. Yeah. What's Southern? What is that? Southern Glazers is the number one distributor um, oh, okay. for alcohol in the U.S. And so, edit yeah, that out, man. Uh, edit that out. I don't I'll want anybody to know. I didn't know what, what Southern was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Because you're the people's choice, Delvin. I'm going to leave it in there for the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, so that's the thing. You couldn't really find our stuff before. And, no, um, it's hard you know, to find, these, bro. I was in all these small markets. And yeah, being self-funded, it's, it's tough to be able to meet demand. And you know, now this, you know, I'll probably bring on some investors and all that kind of stuff. I'm holding out for a certain kind of investment uh, right. to come in, you know? Yeah. A certain kind. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens because I like, you know, I like certain aspects of what I got going on right now. And if I bring in investors, I want to be able to retain sure. uh, certain aspects of the business. Um, but yeah, bring, bringing on this distributor that we're able to expand in any state that I want. Like, Hey, I want to be in New York. You know, I love Brooklyn. I love, you know, uptown. I want to be able to, you know, I want to be able to be in those places. Um, then I'm able to snap my fingers and there I'm, you know, I'm there, Yeah. you know, or, okay, I'm in this state, but I think, you know, we could do better with, uh, with Southern. I'm able to do that. So it's like a it's a huge opportunity um and all i gotta do because you know our our design is you know obviously you guys know where our design is at so um, real quick yeah. question are the skittle bottles different batches or are they just like um mock-ups that you have yourself or are those out there in the wild as well i'm not gonna acknowledge them as skittle oh, okay um, <laughs> so so bill how we, are we calling them the rainbow bottles what are we calling them he don't want to use the c word. Different. Yeah, right. We can't use the c word, but I'm not sure what he. No, what no, he they, no they're, just, We I mean, can't. We can't call them the Volvic bottles because they already locked that down. They're produced by the Works Division of Saint Cloud. Okay. And so uh, this is kind of like in car terms. This would be like our AMG or or Motorsport or what have you, right? This is. This allows us to do things that are outside of the box yeah. that gives people maybe a design cue advance of what we're trying to do in the future. So but, let me tell you what's going to happen, though. So once we put this picture up on Instagram, people going to be like, yo, where can we get them fire ass bottles? That's what they're going <laughs> to yeah. say. Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, no, they're going like, to like, be like, yo, we want that one. You know what I mean? Wow. So, hey, yeah, so what? I mean, um, so uh, real quick, so so what batch are you on now? Because I know like the first batch you had, it was I'm glad like, you asked. Yeah, like yeah. like 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 three, like you know, minus three years or four years, whatever. So where where are you now? You mind if I pour some bourbon? No, oh, no, man. no, absolutely, I do? brother. Oh, I guess I my dream. That's the right. one we go screenshot right there. Be like, boop. All right, so I start off with batch one and batch two. Right now, the batches for us. Um, is basically blends, right? I had X amount of barrels and I blended them all together. Nah, so, you blended them. You blended. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. the is, there was no, there was no real talent in that because I used a hundred percent of the barrels that I had. Nice. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't blending to a profile. It was blending them all together. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I see. I got gotcha. you. So. After um, batch two, and these are all under four year, it was like between 
three years and three and a half years old, roughly. Uh, these, and these are all white label. Uh, I decided to go with single barrel, isolating them out so we can show the, the individual characteristics of each of the barrels. Mm-hmm. But this was still in that same age uh, level. Also pulled on a 12-year at that same time. But after batch two, we had pulled away from batches. So there's no more batches because everything's single barrel now. Because batches is combined. You know, for St. Cloud, batches means we're throwing everything all together. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any more batches. No more so batches. Now we have a, no, so we have a seven-year, we have a 13-year, and that's it. I mean, but we're going to be having a 100-proof or 109-proof, uh, depending on what I make my mind up to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, that's pretty much it. Yep, no hmm. batches. No batches, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, um, I, I guess I heard, like, an interview from you earlier, and you were saying you like to do, you know, uh, like, barrel strength or, uh, or cast strength because you want to leave, I guess, the, the cube or the, you know, the, the proofing down to the customer, right? You want to give them the product out of the barrel and let them to do, you know, you know, whatever they want to do with it, you know, you know, with your product. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's the Henry Ford, um, adage. You can have any color you want as long as it's black, you know, <laughs> and it's, you can have any proof as long as you want, whatever you want, as long as it's foolproof right. and what you do with it after that, that's on you. But the thing is, um, the barrels are so dear that say we have 60 barrels and we do 20 of them uh, at 100 proof. But we have the clientele that would support, say, 150, 160 barrels at barrel proof. It's like, so I'm going to do those people wrong, pull away from our core business just to satisfy these people when they can be satisfied by buying a barrel strength and yeah. just watering it down themselves to taste. Right. Right. You know, so that Devil way, like that, by the way, I mean, that dude's all about the barrel strength. All about it. Yo, yeah. I'm fired up, man. I can't wait till reserve bar drops, makes that drop. On, uh, <laughs> Thursday, Friday. Can't contain himself. <laughs> yeah. And, and don't get too excited. They're going to have the old, the old packaging. I don't know if you guys saw the new, the new, new, but those are, those are coming out shortly. No, let's oh, see yeah. the new new. You got the new new? You got new new? You haven't seen my Instagram? No. Yeah, yeah. We saw it. Yeah. I didn't I, I didn't see it. New. Nobody showed me the new new. Okay. New new got them hoop earrings. The new new got the little guy on the top, right? The new new from Nene? No. It's got um, the Hermes on it? Yeah. So, I mean, they all... Ooh. Is that the Griffin? The, but the label, you see the label? Yeah. Oh, down yes, here. down around oh, the, the bottom. Yes. Right. And then... Uh, so this is yeah. now Art Deco. Oh, I see it. Oh yeah, that's fire. That is dope. That's straight, that's straight up Miami, man. That's dope. That's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> if people, people want to follow that, that well, that's at St. Cloud? That's at St. Cloud Bourbon? At St. Cloud Bourbon. I think I have like 436 followers. Oh, right we're gonna now. get that. We're gonna get that up. Ladder. Yeah, we're gonna get that up. <laughs> we we definitely about to juice that. We about to steroid that joint right away. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's so check yeah. this out. So so that yeah. third question we left hanging because we talked about a lot of stuff. We moved a little a little quickly. That third question we like to say that you know bourbon just like wine has a nose, it has a palate. 
but we also say that bourbon has an ear. So since you're not really partial to any other bourbon but your own, what do you get on the ear with that St. Cloud? Um, Keep it 100. You're an Oakland cat now. You're an Oakland cat. Right. What am I hearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he works on the ear. I got five what on you, What you get on the ear, player? <laughs> What's my favorite word? <laughs> I would say I would say this. My my bourbon. You're saying like what? What kind of music does it speak to me when I drink? Yeah, whatever yes. it evokes, man. Music, yes. movie, mood. You know what I'm saying? For us, it's mainly hip hop. You know, we hear a lot of hip hop on yeah, our joints. Dude. Yeah, we we try to keep it hood. I hear it. Dun, 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 Man, I, I still love KRS, man. Like that's Chris is Chris is a man, dude. Like Yeah, no doubt. Okay. No, yo, he, he is a man among like, boys, yo, for real. Yes, we already had love for you, man, but you just went up like two rungs on the line. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> but at least at least one and a half. One and a half. You know I think one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> he from he from the town, dog. Oakland. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, I'll, so you, who, I'll tell you huh, I gotta tell you a funny story. When I went to um I went to Red Rooster up in Harlem. You guys know this place, Red Rooster. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been there. So I went to um, I went to the the social club after after hours and all that stuff, <laughs> and uh, they're playing all this stuff. And um, I was like, why don't you put some you put some uh, too short on? Why don't you put some you know put some keep the sneak on this stuff and that? <laughs> and this is oh, this is after y'all remember school days. They play the doing the butt. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. Nobody was doing the dance. And I was like, this, you got to do the dance. <laughs> so, I was like showing them. I, I had a lot to drink. But um, but once they put on the keep the sneak and all that stuff, man, people just went crazy. I'm throwing yes. up the open. And um, <laughs> man, but it's just, it's it's all love though. When you, when you, there's always been a lot of love between those between those two coasts, you know. Yeah. What I mean? And yeah. it's just like for me, like being a history dude again, like being up in Harlem, you know, Harlem USA with Langston Hughes and all the history that's oh, coming. Yeah, down. man, like, speak yeah. to it. That's my guy. Yeah. And Mason yeah, them, that's, Mason them, simple, you know. Yep. So just I don't know, man. I've, I've always I've always had a big heart for uh, for Harlem, and you know, just I don't know, just I, I love the East Coast. Do That's you haul him shake? That's respect. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, you want to get puffy after him? <laughs> Come big jello. <laughs> That's so, so, bro, what's next for what's next for St. Cloud? Like, what's on the horizon? I say you, you said you're looking for that that big move, but you know, in the immediate future, what's popping? Yeah, just I think I think just refining. Um, refining the voice that that we have mm-hmm. and you know shit i was hiding myself you know the first year that we were out there even though i had like my name three different three different times on my bottle mm-hmm. you know i was hiding my face you know a lot of people didn't even know that saint cloud was owned by somebody that you know that was of mixed race or that's right you know, yeah black or, you know people, nobody knows um right and so the thing is like getting my face out there more 
and speaking to the vision uh, mm-hmm. behind St. Cloud, what the um, what the feeling, what the what the style is, um, getting that out there more and painting painting that picture. Um, but then also, you know, like you know, social media wise, uh, imagery wise, I want to do a lot more, um, you know, shots where we're showing people like lifestyle, like not like the corny smoking a cigar, that kind of shit. But like yeah. the kind of stuff that you'd see like in paper magazine, that kind of stuff. We have, um, I have this this uh, Latino uh, photographer that's going to be shooting a lot of our stuff. And it's just like slice of life kind of stuff. Um, and just building, building that vibe around the brand. And, you know, to when you see the kind of look that, that I'm shooting for, it'll be closer to what you'd see in like a fashion magazine right. or something like that. And then St. Cloud's not going to be all cheesy product placement and that imagery. It's like, you might have to, you know, where's Waldo that shit to try to find out where the bottle is. Yeah. Because, it's dope. You know, it's dope. because we want St. Cloud to be a piece of somebody's experience, but it's not like when you're drinking a bottle of bourbon, like the whole world, you know, just evaporates around you. Yeah. You know, life, life is what's important. Life is what's key. And I want to be able to like show that, Hey, we fit into that life. Not that the life fits into our brand. Right. You know what I mean, yeah. So yeah, I want to no. be able to do that. Um, but then also just like on the packaging front, we have, we have like this Rolls Royce style um, topper that's going to be coming out. Ooh. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, I shouldn't say Rolls Royce style, so I don't sue my ass. But um, I, didn't, I didn't hear it. They probably didn't hear it either. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, like just to, just to refine. And I think I'm settling into this um, creative direct, director role mm-hmm. um, where I'm able to say, this is my vision. I want people to, to be able to execute upon that that vision that I have and stay out of you know the the other shit like I'm I come from finance but at this stage like I don't need to be doing my finances like I got a I got a CPA for that I got a CFO yeah, right. that kind of stuff and just focus on the creativity focus on the sales on the on the vision and so I think that along with just scaling up and you know hopefully I'll be able to get in front of a lot more people because that's that's why I'm in this, right? I didn't, right. Um, I give a shit about the money. There's only a few things that I really want that cost anything. And I could get that shit today. Right. Uh, you know, but, but the thing is I want to have those relationships. I want to have people look at me and say, this brand is killing it. Not because I'm supporting them because they're black or not supporting them because they're mixed, but because they are killing everybody else. Right. Right. You know? Right, That's right, right. That's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. And I want people to see that you can do more, especially by being from where I'm from. You're the, you know, selling drugs, playing hoop, um, or you're trying to rap, or you're trying to like be in entertainment or some other shit like that. And it's like to add one more data point to be like, here's another room that you thought that we wouldn't be able to be allowed into that we are. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Drop, yeah. drop yeah. the mic, bro. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Out, man. We should, that's, we should that's drop fantastic. the mic on that one right there because I was oh, going to follow goodness. a question, but that's yeah. it right there. No, that's yeah. it, and, and, That's it. And just for the record, there's no um, bourbon barrel aged wine coming out of St. Cloud anytime soon, though. Just for the record. 
No, nah, okay. man. I'm, I'm so wine's done. I got to be focused. I'm, uh, I'm sure in about probably about a year and a half, two years, I'll do a wine and um, I'll probably make a dope ass wine and just give some away and not hey. see any of it. Your man looking there for a bottle, go. son. Yeah, <laughs> let me know. But uh, but I'm I'm thinking like to do because wine is like I don't like to make money like that. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's inconsistent. It's a pain in the ass, and I'd rather just approach it from um, from a situation of just doing the very best, like just kill the industry. Mm-hmm. But then put that shit on its ear by not even selling that wine. Oh, wow. If you taste that wine, it's because you got a bottle for free. That's dope. That's dope. So, you know, maybe I'll, I'll be able to uh, give some to charities. I'll be able to have some for impoverished areas where they're trying to raise some, um, some money or something like that. But if you're drinking it, that's because you got it for free. It isn't a clout thing. Like you spend a whole bunch of money or something like that, but it's like, it'd be some dope ass wine, very high end, but nobody gets to buy it. Man, hats off, bro. Hats yeah, that's off. dope. That's dope. Hats off, so, so tell the people where they can find you um, on social or if they want to get at you, email you or hit you up. Yeah, you can, um, you can email me, Ray at St. Cloud Bourbon. You can be on my Instagram, St. Cloud Bourbon. You can call me at 510-552-3754. He just stunned me. He's Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Ray hey, Ray Skywalker. I like it. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> Yo, so on behalf of the Black and Brown team, I'm a man, Delvin Joyce, the People's Choice. William Yo. Stevens, a.k.a. Yes, Superback. Oh, man, this has been fantastic. Okay. Yo. You got some rap? This guy, this guy is great, man. Ray Skywalker. He's awesome. We He's got to come back. We, we're going to cape for St. Cloud. Go out, buy St. Cloud. Yeah, support man. his brother. I appreciate and the vision, bro. Yeah, no doubt. That's dope. Most importantly, though, stay black and keep it brown. My man. We out. <laughs>